I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Want support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for What's Craig it? Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Ravinelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Welcome back to the Bora Breakdown podcast with me, Johnny Bullock, Dana and Elliot. Um, and what a bizarre week we've just had. Uh, Middlesbrough have just beaten West Bromwich Albion three goals to two um, at the Hawthorns. And then just last night, um, Bora crashed out in the transport derby against Newport, um, which ideally wasn't really a shock. Um, but we're going to start off with a positive, Dana. 3-2 against West Bromwich Albion, a rejuvenated British on Belonga. Very good result, wasn't it? It was, yeah. And I have to admit, like when when that kind of uh, happened, that you know the Brits on Malonga goal, I genuinely felt for the first time, like kind of pride because we'd we just outscored the league's top scorers. Mm. Yep. You know, it was it was a really good uh, performance. Um, I kind of felt though when we scored that goal, George Savile. You know, they gifted us it. You know, it was uh, Gareth Barry being a little bit slack in midfield. And I kind of thought after that we won't get many more opportunities. You know, they they got themselves two one in front. You know, a lot of people saying that that Jerry Rodriguez goal was kind of miss. Um, you know, it was unfortunate. But for me, I don't feel like it was uh, so much misfortune. Um, I think it was just a case of you know a top striker fourteen goals this season. That was his fifteenth. Uh, following in, anticipating the ball and just kind of being that predator in the box and. Um, I mean, it was a little bit slack from Borough defensively, but um, you know it was a little bit of an avoidable one. But after that, you know, Britt came on and I think confirmed to me that he is our best striker. You know, mm. two really good goals, albeit the second one was was gifted to us by them. But you know, you've got to finish him, and he did. Yeah, Els happy with the result that Borough deserved. Yeah, yeah. Um, I honestly didn't expect before it though. I think we all put um, a prediction of getting beat, if I remember. Uh, you um, two put two 0 I put the one all draw. Right. Um, okay. But yeah. to be honest, before you go into your point, I'm just gonna say, I told you to be optimistic. <laughs> I just, I'll come up my point in a second. But sorry, carry on. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Obviously, um, I thought uh, I felt like two of the goals were obviously gifted the the uh, the last one uh, and obviously the first one, um, but. No, I think um, overall we played well. Um, the second goal was great looking up play, um, which you know we'll get onto um, later on in the podcast about you know 
play both of them um, up top, Hugo and Britt. Um, when sort of looking at uh, back at the amount of like attempts for both teams, it didn't sound like a Borough game at all. 19 total attempts for West Brom and 14 for Borough. It's like a 3 2. It's just, yeah, it's just, just crazy to look at, really, isn't it? It's only like 1 1 and four shots each for each team or something. Um, I thought Mikel and Savile done pretty well breaking up the play, winning a lot of tackles, playing the ball forward. Um, then when I looked into some more stats, um, 38% of the player was in our third of the pitch compared to 21% in West Brom's third of it. So it showed like when we got in their half, we obviously took our chances really well. So going back to that conversion rate stats, what we were looking at a few yeah. weeks back, we probably shot up in the rankings there because <laughs> we had 21% conversion rate. So yeah, yeah, much improved, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, it was on cloud nine on Saturday night. It was just like I couldn't believe the result. I think when we went two one behind, I was like, oh, for goodness sake, here we go again. Um, but I think what Pulis does deserve a little bit of credit for, and I think just in games in general, he's he's able to when things are going wrong, he changes it. Um, I think okay, last night it didn't really work up when he put Van der Par on, we end up getting beat. But he, he went for more an attacking option rather than trying to play it safe, which I thought was quite good of him um, but in terms of the actual performance as well I thought it was good we moved the ball around quite well we contained them I think which I mentioned in the last podcast I said that we had the ability to contain them at the Riverside we can probably do it again um, their two goals that you both mentioned can I, wouldn't, I would say there were flukes there both their goals two deflections um, and then Jared Rodriguez and Dwight Gale obviously finished as well um, Borough's goals I agree with you on the the error for the first one, but I think George Savile did exceptionally well to, yeah. to get the strike away and put yeah. it in the bottom corner. Britt has to finish the, the third one, and the second goal is an absolute peach, and he really did make the difference. Um, but they played together, Hugo and Britt Sambalonga, it worked. Um, they started on Tuesday night, uh, of course, and wasn't really how we expected it to go. Um, Newport obviously kicking us out of the FA Cup and if you listen to the game either um, if you listen to the game on BT Sport I think it was very anti-Middlesbrough um, but just before I move on to that I know you did I think you want to say something George Savile yeah. uh, he wouldn't play last night I think Bora did miss him um, in midfield I'm surprised I'm actually saying that but George Savile was a bit of a revelation on Saturday yeah, uh, Elliot was talking about stats. You know, I looked into his stats. He had the best passing accuracy from a Borough player, seventy three percent. The average passing accuracy for Borough in that game was fifty eight. So you know, he did very well in that department. Um, four tackles, the joint most for Borough alongside John Obi Micklebeck. John Obi Micklebeck. Thirty eight touches, second only to uh, Mikel uh, again, and joint with Ryan Shotton. Uh, three shots, the most for Borough, and one goal. So. I think he's coming into his own at Borough, so you know that was a really good performance from him. And hopefully, in the game against Leeds, if he starts, which he should do, you know he'll kind of build on that because I do feel he's starting to kind of get comfortable and settle in and stuff. So yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought he would have probably made a bit more of a difference last night in midfield, um, just try to break up not not essentially break up the play, but help us get up the pitch quicker. And then what we did, it looked like wing wasn't fit at all, and um, so maybe Savile could have probably done the job then instead or maybe even put down in there for centre midfield if his claws didn't um, trigger anything but the game against Newport um, do you want to start then or should I just run off go for it um, alright okay so <laughs> am I surprised no am I shocked not really um, kind of the one thing I, I took out of the game is Dimi was never as good as Victor Valdez I don't care what anyone says 
Demi should have not started in the Premier League compared to Victor Valdez, um, and he's not as good as Darren Randolph. Um, <laughs> that's what puts that argument in bed. I'm sorry for the Demi Demi lovers. Um, his restaurant's great, but his goalkeeping's not as good as now. Um, but in terms of the game, I thought we were really slow, um, lacklustre. We didn't really like we wanted to know. Um, I thought Adam Clayton was really poor again, um, which was a surprise. He's been excellent so far this season. Um, and the two up front as well, I didn't really work as well. I feel like we played in their hands a little bit more. Um, and I thought it was just a, I think it was just the right result, really. I think I, I have no real complaints. How about you, Dylan? No, it was it, it was awful. Um, I was just watching it, and you know we've seen some pretty poor performances this season, but I couldn't believe just how bad we were. It was yeah. just like there was no penetration in midfield. Every time we got it, it was like, right, what we're we gonna do with it? And there was one moment where Johnny Housen ran about five yards in front of him, and I was like, oh, go on, take them all off. Because that's, you know, and it, it surprised me because you never see a Borough player run with the ball. It's always yeah. very static. And all he'd done was run into an empty space. He didn't even take anyone on. Yeah, but I was like, out wide, didn't he? Yeah, and I was just like, well, that's as good as it gets. It just about sums us up. But, you know, we were we were crap, to be honest. They had a game plan. They executed it perfectly. And, and fair play to them. They deserve the win. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, Elliot, um, would you like to face Man City in the next round? No, definitely not. Um, I'm glad we avoided them both times, to be honest, because <laughs> um, yeah, we don't we don't need a demoralising seven nil defeat to City when we're you know we're trying to push for promotion. It's um I know it looks bad on on paper when you you're going out to Burton and Newport, but um both teams, you know they're much more hungry for it. Lower league teams are. I mean, if they especially for both of them, they're both mid table in in the divisions, so they're both not pushing for promotion. Um, so you know. These giant killings in the cup are like massive for them. Um, you know they get a full house, um, and you know they're looking to try and upset Premier League and Championship teams. Um, and when we've got other focuses, um, that's why it didn't really surprise me as well. Um, the result, I had a feeling before the game that, that we were going to get beat. So I think the game fell at the wrong time for Borough as well, coming off that that high at West Brom. Yeah. I feel like the mood was always going to get pegged down a bit because we should have, like on paper, we should have beat them in that you know the game at the Riverside. So. You know, to partake in that that replay, a lot of people were like, "Well, we shouldn't have even, you know, partook partook in it anyway," because, you know, if that's even a word, um, because you know we should have beaten them in the first place. So it's kind of like, you know, you come off a really good victory, probably one of our best results of the season, and then all of a sudden, in a matter of days, you've got our worst results. So, you know, it's a bit of a shame because I f- I thought we were going to go into the Leeds game on a real high, and and it's just completely kind of fell apart. Yeah, especially it's gonna be potentially gonna be a full house as well against Leeds. And I feel like if Leeds do score early doors, then it's gonna be very very toxic. Um, especially if they start gloating as well. Um, <laughs> but in terms of a player that is completely out of form, I think in in my opinion and didn't play very well last night. Um, according to the note on Tony Pugh's on the piece of paper Adam Clayton got given he did actually record Emmerdale um, so <laughs> <laughs> um, but it turns Adam Clayton he's, he's out of form at the moment getting a lot of stick from fans um, of course it all started really when he said oh, it was more of like a rallying cry saying Look, don't really build up for 25 minutes um, just relax we, we've still got plenty of time to get in the game um, do you think he's a man under pressure else? Uh yeah, definitely, especially with um obviously Mikel coming in, um and he can play in that position. He you know, he might lose his place, you know, permanently. Um that remains to be seen yet. Uh but I don't know, it's it's strange with Clayton because obviously I do like him and there's loyalties with that kind of 
uh, you know, the Karanka team. Um, and we do, we do it with George all the time. Um, bless George. But you know, it, it's just because um, because the start of the season he was playing very well and he was getting you know man of the match every week, especially in that match away at Leeds. Um, he was excellent. But I feel like, and I think we said this a couple of weeks back, especially when we're playing teams at home um, that I feel we should be beating. Um, he doesn't offer much in the system compared to, especially now, Mikel, because um, I don't think he plays. I don't think he plays enough forward passing. I don't think he break, breaks up the ball as well. Um, and I think that was really what happened in the Millwall game as well, and why um, those comments were made. I do. I kind of sit on the fence about it, but um, I think he wouldn't have made those comments if it wasn't him that made the mistake. I obviously, I don't think we should boo for 25 minutes, but I do think it wouldn't have been as... It would have never got to this point where fans hate him in the way that they do if he, if it wasn't him that made the mistake. Um, that's basically what I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. And obviously, with, with rumours last night of um, potentially what some of the players did, um, you know, I've heard from a few people who I know, well, one person who I know, um, that was mainly Gusted, my boy Gusted. Um, he's uh, yeah, he's not my boy anymore. I don't know what to say about that. Um, yeah, and apparently Bessic and Clayton also involved, but you know we weren't there, so yeah. Um, it, it is disappointing if that actually did happen, but yeah, Clayton's it, it's not going well for him on and off the pitch. I guess. Yeah. Um, I'll come on to the the comments in a second, but Dan, I know that obviously Dave McNally put in a few questions about Adam Clayton. Um. One of them being uh, John Owen Mikel, of course, he, he signed for the club in January. Um, has he been signed to essentially replace Clayton? Or? I wouldn't say, well, actually, in a sense, you could say replace him in the team. Um, you know, he, he, when John Owen Mikel plays against Newport, you could see immediately what he brings and what Clayton lacks. Like I've mentioned, I'm a massive Adam Clayton fan. I've, I have been since he signed. But he just. Like Elliot said, he doesn't really release the ball quicker, not enough forward passes. Um, I th- last night, he was very kind of, he stalls. That's like the main word that comes up my mind when I think of Adam Clayton. He stalls on the ball. Every time he has it, there's just an indecision. He just doesn't know what to do with it. And when John Olvin Mikel um, plays, it's very composed. He knows what to do. He knows where people are. He's aware. He's got that vision. Clayton doesn't, and he's a yard off the pace. And... Um, Essentially, John McKill probably has been brought in to replace him because I feel like his performances, Clayton of late, he's he's struggling. Yeah, I think most well, I think Clayton is is struggling at the moment. He's just out of form. Um, I don't think he's a bad player. Um, a lot of fans just get on his back saying he's he's crap and um he brings nothing to the team and he's just he's been stealing living for the last five seasons, which is absolutely bizarre because everyone loved him about two months ago. <laughs> Um, but I can understand why Clayton's essentially struggling at the moment. Um, and it's not just him, it's even set midfield as well. Um, since we're playing with like him, Bezic, um, and say we, we've played Mikel in there as well just for now, that's three very, very similar footballers. All they essentially do for their career is they just break up the play and then they pass it out wide or pass in start again. They're, sta- they're the start of the move. And when you're playing so deep and playing with so set, mid- set midfielders all together, it's hard to like you know pick a pass straight away and just think right what's going to be the most effective thing for me. So when you see Bezic doing run around in circles, because he's looking for like that pass but there's like there's no one there. And then if he passes back, people just boo him anyway. 
So it's kind of, I think it just needs to be more of like a system change rather than, well, especially at home, I think away from home, if you want to play with five-seven midfielders and win the games yeah, yeah. like we did against West Brom and yeah. against Birmingham, then fine, I get it, that's effective. But at home, we have to be a bit more ruthless in that manner and get the ball to the pitch a little bit quicker. Um, that's what Tony Pulis' teams are all about. They're all about getting the ball to the pitch quick, um, lump it even if it's lumped to the striker, and then you can play it along uh, and get it to the winger and heading it in or whatever it is. Um, but in terms of Clayton and those set midfielders, they need a more. They need an outlet, essentially, and if that is comes with Tavo, that comes with Van der Paro, that comes with I don't know George Savile on the wing or whoever it is. Um, they just need that outlet, and we don't have that because it's so difficult playing like three six one. Um, when you've got one striker who's surrounded by four defenders, it's, it's so so difficult. But in terms of the comments on what Elliot Hughes mentioned there, um, quite bizarre really, Dana, isn't it? The, to hear those type of comments, especially. From, from players, well, if they are true, of course. Yeah, well, the new the Newport ones. Yeah, Newport ones. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't really agree with people tweeting them abuse though if they weren't there, because yeah. they're kind of taking other people's um, what other people have said, and I'm not kind of discrediting it because the people that were there were there, but because I wasn't there, I'm not going to take that incident and kind of spin it in a way that I it comes across as if I knew that happened because it just adds to the toxic atmosphere. Like, I literally was looking down my whole Twitter timeline, like, abuse, tagging Clayton and Rudy Gisted in, in the tweets, and I don't I don't agree with that. Like, if, if you weren't there, just kind of leave it to just disappear for sure. a few days. Go up the Riverside on Saturday, support the team, and then hopefully we can, you know kind of come together a little bit but it's just it's, it's just not not needed at, at this time if it happened then it's really disappointing but if it didn't it's also disappointing because people are now going to see are going to hear it and think it's a fact yeah and i speaking from my my point of view i don't know if it's a fact because i wasn't there mm. and it can also get very it can also get twisted um especially on social media as well we see things get completely blown out of proportion yeah um else I know he's your boy, Rudy Gusted, Um but do you think his future at the club's pretty much done now, especially with, well, those alleged comments, of course. He, he didn't play very well against Newport, only touched the ball. Um, mm. To be fair, Middlesbrough didn't have a shot on target until the 70th minute anyway, but um, do you think his career at Middlesbrough is pretty much done now? Yeah, I think um, I think we're going to have a big overhaul in the summer uh, anyway, and I think um, Rudy will be one of the first to go. Um, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he probably should have went to Millwall anyway. I feel like it was probably him that turned it down because he wouldn't have been getting paid as much. The knob. Um, but anyway. Hey. Hey. <laughs> right, I know we're having a tough time, me and Rudy, but that needed to come out. Um, anyway, so the comments. Um, no, yeah, like I say, one of, one of my friends, um, big shout out to Bry, uh, my friend who was at Newport last night, travelled all the way down, stood in the rain. Um yeah, he'd, apparently he'd seen him, uh, you know, Gested, you know, tell a fan to fuck off. Apparently, so you know, um, he said with Besic and Clayton, they were just kind of instigating the arguments. Doesn't really know what was said. Um, might have just been more talking about it. You see it on. It's happened with um, Villa in the past when Micka Richards went over to talk with the fans, and it was a little bit. The fans were giving him more jib than he was giving the fans back, and it was mm. a bit more. Might have just been it like that. Um, we don't know, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a weird one, all of it, and um, 
I hope we can just kind of to get pa- get past it really. It doesn't really help that no player was available to speak after the game mm. as well. That was yeah. a bit strange. Mm. Yeah, it is. It kind of fuels the fire a little bit it more. Does, yeah. Um, but let's move on. Um, we've got Leeds United on Saturday. Um, the early kickoff, of course, four and a half thousand Leeds fans turning up to the Riverside. Um, nearly a sellout crowd too. Um, for the home end, which is quite a surprise. I thought we'd be struggling to get a crowd. Um, especially if we lost against West Bromwich Albion, but um, fans seem to be rejuvenated after that result. Um, Spygate, however you want to call it, Mar- Marcelo Bielsa, um, doing an exceptional job at Leeds, of course. He's, I think, the top of, top of the league, um, the second north, second now, uh, I think, after Nor- the Norwich defeat, but doing exceptionally well. Um, a little bit out of form at the moment. Can Millsby get a result? Um, Dana, I'm going to ask you a question. Um, how do you think it's going to go on Saturday? I think Borough will keep it tight at the back. I think they'll look to uh, frustrate Leeds because um, Norwich did it perfectly at Elland Road. Obviously, it's different because we're at home, which kind of worries me because our home form is um, is not great. Was it like two two wins in 11 mm. yep. at the Riverside, which is it's unusual for Borough because we're used to the Riverside being such a fortress. But, you know, Norwich were, were excellent against Leeds. They completely humbled them. Um, they frustrated them. They pressed it, got tight to the wingers. Um, no, I think if Borough could keep compact, nullify the threat, and kind of take their chances whenever they come, you know, it, it could actually, you know, we could get something out of this game, but it's just whether we can take those chances and create those chances. Because yeah. I think we'll keep it tight at the back, you know, it's, it's what Borough do best, but it's just that form. I say, it didn't really look tight last night, to be honest. Well, it yeah, looked horrendous. <laughs> um, Els, of course, you were. At Leeds training ground with the book sat on the bucket with your binoculars <laughs> out uh, during the week. Um, how do you think Leeds are going to be setting up, and how would you think they're going to be playing? Yeah, so in true Spygate fashion, uh, we went back to who scored to get some stuff on uh, Leeds. Um, so officially, um, Leeds line up in a, a kind of a four-one-four-one um, formation, but does sound obviously a lot like a four-three-three. Yeah, um, with the wide players um, in there. So you know you have the two wide players, three in the middle, uh, but naturally it's more that. The two where we would have two central midfielders in the four three three, they're a bit more um, forward. Um, yeah, obviously, as as people know with the leads, they've they've been written about a lot this season, especially with uh, uh, Bielsa. Um, you know, they play quite possession based style. Um, their attacks are, are quite fluid, and players kind of move to utilize the space wherever it's available, rather than you know sticking to kind of rigid positions. Um, they also like to play high press, as we know, and try to play fast attacking football. Um, you know, Leeds fans think it's you know like watching Barcelona. It's not that <laughs> not quite that good, but yeah, they, they do obviously play a very you know different style to us. Um, yeah, I think it'll be a very difficult game, just as the last one was away. Um, potentially even harder because, like Dana said, our home form much worse than our away form, and I think playing away from home suits us better. Um, like you mentioned, the form of late's been poor. Um, only won two out of the last six league games and seven in all competitions. Um, wheels maybe starting to come off. <laughs> no, but uh, there, w- there was one point that um, I was talking um, about with someone at work um, and he watched, uh, I think it was a documentary or something about Bielsa. I can't remember when he said he watched it, but um, about like in the past with teams that Bielsa's managed they always tend to go through 
phases. It's not just like once a season where like we have like an after where we had like an after Christmas dip yeah. when we used to always do that. But they do it a couple of times where they'll they'll have like because before this poor run of form they won like seven on the bounce, yeah. um, which was like, incredible. And then just like not like won, only won two out of seven. Um, the other five they lost. So it's um, because of like how high they press and you know the intensity that they play at. Obviously, naturally they've become. You know, tired and fatigue sets in when, especially when played a lot of games as they do over Christmas. Um, but what normally happens is at the end of the season again they tend to kind of plateau out and then it they end up you know being successful because they're only playing Saturday, Saturday, Saturday again. So it it normally works out all right. Um, but another thing that was mentioned in in that article is that apparently Bielsa has kind of mastered the art. Um, so he says of watching two <laughs> games at once. Um, I don't know how he does it. So I got to watch one. At yeah, the moment. <laughs> yes, I got to watch one more game. But apparently, he, he when he does analysis, he does it all himself rather than getting you know a team around him to do it. He, he sits and watches two games at once, so he can take in more and kind of apply more of his you know knowledge and wisdom to it. I guess. Um, yeah, I just thought it was quite. Mental, really. Oh, um, almost, you know, Pep Guardiola esque, where he's, you know, he's a, a tactician of it. Um, yeah, so the only other things we picked up on were um, obviously Kamar Roof has been in great form this season, scoring 14. Um, he came off the other day, though, about 70 minutes, and our old friend Patrick Bamford came on and scored, so means he's probably going to score on Saturday, as, as a lot of. <laughs> it almost seems like loads of people that score against us this year are like yeah. ex-Borough Academy or ex-Borough players or yeah. they're from Hartlepool or just something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Bought a Palmer burger once. <laughs> it's just something something about it. Um, but yeah, uh, obviously other players who've chipped in with the goals as well. Uh, Pablo Hernandez, uh, Click or Click, however Click. you pronounce it, yeah. And Alioski with 7-7 seven, seven and 5 respectively, so... They do chip in from midfield as well, so all of them are going to be a threat, um, which is a lot different to us. Brit with I think eight, and then who's next? Tavernier, yeah. three. So it's it, it yeah goes to show the difference of how attacking they've been this season. Yeah, there's plenty you didn't mention. It's Jack Clark as well, um, the youngster who's just broke through this season for Leeds, um, the right winger. Looks like a very very good talent, very quick, agile, and can knows how to cross the ball as well. Um, I remember what Cameron who I was watching against. Um, but the one two goals to nil um, and he's assisted both and it was like it was, it was excellent and like, I can't remember the game was on Sky but then again on like on Sky every week so yeah. it's uh, um, but no, he's, again if he is to play I think George Friend's going to have a very difficult afternoon against him um, but Dana Patrick Bamford returned to the Riverside um, do you think he's going to get a good reception? Oh god um, I think it'll be mixed I don't know I feel like Patrick Bamford is has uh, is, is always been well thought of at, at Borough but because he's gone to Leeds of all clubs. Um, I'm not so sure, but um, just kind of uh, a, a side point, um, Leeds, I think one of their main men is, is Calvin Phillips. You know, he, he makes them tick at um, yeah. centre-mid, uh, centre so uh, I think he's been suspended, I don't know. I think he comes back for the Borough game, so he's one to, to keep an eye on. He kind of uh, makes things tick over in midfield. But uh, going back to your point about, uh, about Bamford, don't know. I don't know. I feel like it'll be mixed, but more booing because Borough fans seem to be like like booing at the moment. Yeah, well, we, we seem to do that yeah. a lot with like former players as well for 
no apparent reason. We're just like, I used to play for us, we'll just boo him. Well, we do that with the board in as well. Like, Faris Saroon could come back and he'll get like a standing ovation. It's very strange. (laughs) (laughs) Justin Hyde comes back from the MLS. (laughs) <laughs> Cincinnati, <laughs> or a legend. He just he's just laying down like a boring prick on the on. Like maybe it's just a bit. Scarf out again. Yeah, I think maybe it comes back to maybe if uh, Borough fans are bitter about them leaving. Like I guess people weren't that bothered that Forest Room left because it's Forest Room. But I guess people didn't I want Bamford. You. Yeah, I guess people didn't want Bamford to leave, so they kind of get mad with it and think oh, I'm gonna boo him if he comes back. Then maybe it's just something like that. But see, I don't like. He's probably probably I'm not now I'm gonna say it's probably gonna come back to me, but didn't really rate Patrick Bamford that much when he was here. Oh god, don't stop right there because he's gonna score now. Don't, don't. I'm just I'm touching when I'm touching like, everything that doesn't jinx me. But I just didn't I just didn't rate him at, at, at the club at the time. I think he had that really good one year season uh, under Karanga, and then okay he had that he had that uh, good run of form towards the back end of last season, which helped get in the playoffs, but. I'm just, I've never really been sold on him too much. Um, I don't really know why. <laughs> just, I feel like he's he's been he's a good footballer. Don't get me wrong. He's, he's, he's he has some about him, but I feel like he's and with with Borough fans, everyone gets put up a couple of pegs, which when they're really not. You know what I mean? Like Julio Arca was probably the next Lionel Messi or something. Well, not the next Lionel Messi, but he was like the Messi of our generation. Um, Janino's like okay, Janino. Actually, Janino's probably not an example, but. Just in terms of like like Justin Hoyt, you know what I mean? He's like, I don't know, he's the next Michael Reisiger or something. And you just think, oh, I have no idea. But anyway, Patrick Manford, um, <laughs> he's he's gonna probably come back, uh, and he probably will score now that I've said it. But if he does, I think he'll celebrate as well. And then that'll just prove my point that I didn't really rate him. Um, but in terms of Middlesbrough, um, we're gonna be setting up hopefully a, a change in formation. Didn't really work um, last night against Newport. They pretty much found it out a little bit. Um, but the two up front worked really well against West Brom. Um, Els, do you think we should potentially switch the two up front at home? Uh, I'd like to see give it a go, and I'm and and obviously knowing from um, my kind of prediction uh, lineups that we normally do, um, I'm a, a big fan of four three three, but I'm quite resigned to that never happening ever again. Um, so <laughs> I would like <laughs> to see us um, not go four five one at home. Um, I think it suits us away excellently. Um, yeah. We've picked up results, obviously, against West Brom, and it worked really well against uh, Birmingham as well. Um, but I think at home, I think we should definitely go with a change of formation because the last few games when we played that formation against Millwall, it, it was awful. Um, I, I just think it would be, especially playing someone like Leeds at home with a, a 5-3-2, is you've got more of that cover um at the back, so say if Jack Black does get in behind Friend, there's going to be another central defender who's going to be a little bit further over who can get there if he gets in behind. And then going forward, obviously, it's still like you've got five in midfield because Friend and Sean are going to be further up the pitch. So it's still going to be like you have that five in midfield when you're playing the four-five-one. And then when you do get it up front, um, I thought Hugel and Britt, not just in the West Brom game, but um, when Britt came on in that, uh, one I'll draw with Blackburn. Thought it lines up quite well. Um, Hugill normally when you watch him, he doesn't look like he's very good at hold up play. But maybe it's he's been lacking that sort of strike partner. He's been holding it up and then thinking, well, they're too far back. I need someone there to the side of me. Um, so I'd like to see you know Pulis give that a go, and you know hopefully they can link up and you know Hugill's winning some flick ons, bringing down the ball, trying to play in Brit. And, 
Tina, would you the same boat till front um, or would you be want to stay the same? At the moment, I feel like as bad as it is for our fifteen million pound player, but I feel like Brits Bear is an impact sub because okay. I don't know. I think you know I'm not a massive fan of Hugo. I have to admit, especially when he's up front on his own. But he is that battering ram, you know. He kind of wears the defenders down, and I think we saw you know a really good example of it um, against West Brom, where Brick came on and basically just kind of took the baton and um, kind of finished Hugo's good work off. But per se, I don't think we'll see that formation again. I'd be surprised if we do uh, against Leeds. It just didn't work against Newport. But bear that in mind, like we had a completely different midfield. Yeah. You know, if you put John Obi McKell in there. Um, put George Savile in there it could work but I, I'm not sure I think both strikers need to be on solved um, I would like to see it but maybe not right now okay no that's fine um, I, I, in my opinion we could probably look at say maybe a 4-2-3-1 it's something that probably the majority of the squad still know <laughs> from the Cranker era um, but I think it would work really well in terms of having Mikel and Adam Clayton in there mm. It kind, of, it kind of remind me of more of like the Ledbetter Clayton uh, link up that has been worked has worked so well in, in those three years of Cranker's tenure. Um, it also allows, say, Clayton to sit, but then Mikel to push on forward and create the create space and also find the right pass as well, which we haven't been able to do in recent weeks. Um, it also gives a chance for um, Lewis Wink to play more of an attacking role or George Savile in that in that position um, if if Lewis Wink's not fit. You've also got the option to play potentially got Tav on the wing or however you want to do it, um, but and, or maybe Van La Parra on the other wing. Who knows? You know, it, it's it's a, a formation that we could potentially look at. It probably work well with the four two with against the four one four one formation because um, he overpowers the midfield as well. Um, but let's move on, guys. Predictions, um, lineups. We never get these right anywhere. Um, well, <laughs> say never. I tend to do it. Um, so let's take a leak on my book. Um, I'm joking. I'm joking. Elliot, don't look so offended. Um, <laughs> but Elliot, we'll start off with you. Um, your formation predictions and and so forth. Yeah. Um, yeah. So obviously, following on from what I was saying, obviously, I, you know, I'm a big fan of um, four three three. I think. Uh, don't think obviously we're going to play it. I think that's obviously due to Downing's clause. Um, Tab obviously not really being involved in the squad. Um, whether that's down to you know if Pulis doesn't think he's good enough, um, or whether it's you know from the rumours we've heard about not having the best attitude um, on the training pitch and you know around the club uh, itself. So that's why I don't think we're going to go with the four three three from now on. Um, I would like to see us go with that five three two, um, as I mentioned. But I agree with Dana. Um, well, I think I don't think we will. <laughs> um, so I, I've kind of got two lineups, and they're, they're pretty similar. But obviously, if if we were going five three two, um, I'd like to obviously play Randolph, Shot and Fry, Flint, Ayala, Friend, um, Mikel, Wing, and Savile um, yeah. as the three in midfield, and obviously Brit. And Hugo, um, but I think it's probably going to be a four-five-one, um, and it will be uh, Fry that drops out um, as one of the central defenders, and then um, House and, and sorry, and Britt obviously comes out with that as well. And House and Bessich would be the other two uh, in midfield, so the five would obviously be House and on the right, uh, Savile on the left, and then so uh, 
Nick L holding and winning best of two for the week. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um. I've got my score prediction. Yeah. Okay. At the end, yeah. yeah. Um. Go on, then, Dana. I've gone um unchanged from West Brom because I feel yeah. like at the moment we are thin on the ground. We've got Downing who can't start in the league. We've got Valapau who isn't much fit, and we've got a uh, Tav who doesn't seem to be getting a look in for some bizarre reason. So um, I think at the moment, you know, that kind of formation fits the players that Borough have at the moment. Um, which is, you know, obviously it's not ideal. You don't really want to be playing uh, five in midfield, one up front um, at home. But it just seems to kind of, uh, it has worked. Um, it can work again, and I just feel like that's that's the formation that we should go with. Keep it, keep it uh, unchanged. Fair enough. Um, I'll probably, go, I would like to go with that four-two-three-one formation. Um, the reason why uh, it protects you when you're defending but also helps you when you're attacking. It's essentially got four attacking players uh, when you play that 3-1 formation. Um, but if, if you play a team like Leeds who like to counter-attack, you've got six players there um, if needed to, to stay back. Um, well, technically seven if you count the, the goalkeeper. Um, so that kind of nullifies that, but it also helps you get on the front foot a lot quicker and get possession um, on the football pitch too. Um, if, if we were to do that, I'd probably like Randolph in goal. Um, I'd like shot and right back. Um, I'd like Danny Ayala and Aidan Flint um, with George Friend left back. Um, I'd have McKellen Clayton and two defensive midfielders. I would also have uh, Van Lepar on the left. Um, I'd have George Saville in the 10 position because I don't think Lewis Wing's fit. Um, but to be honest, I think George Saville's been brilliant in recent weeks, so he probably deserves a start. And I think Wing was pretty tired uh, against uh, Newport. And on the right, I'd probably have. I kind of I like to say Tav, but if, if Tav's not going to get a game there, who can you put there? If, if no one borrow, probably Johnny Housen or something. Um, but to be fair, Johnny Housen's like he, he does a job in times. Yeah, he won't take his man on, but he'll be all right. And then up front, I'd probably go with Jordan Hugel as well. Um, can't be crazy not starting Brit, but that system probably wouldn't fit Brit as well as it probably fit Hugel, uh, especially at home. But um, score predictions. Uh, who wants to go first? I'm going to be positive and say 2-1 Borough. I don't know where this has come from, okay. but I'm just going to go with it anyway. Rejuvenated Dana. <laughs> <Bring the Claxon. laughs> Dana's put us to win. <laughs> yeah, there's an eye. <laughs> well, well I'm going to be the Dana of this week then. So, <laughs> only kidding. Um, no, but, uh, I, I, sorry to be negative, but I, I just, I, I do think we're going to get beat 2-1. Um, I'm going to give it a good go. And I think the goal's going to come late on from Leeds to win it. Unfortunately, Patrick. I, I, I just, I just <laughs> think, um, I think when it gets to later on in the second half, and if they're still playing the way they play, where they're pressing us, someone's going to make a mistake and they're going to get in, um, and they've got the quality to finish. Okay, fair enough. I'm going to go with. Oh God, I can't even. I the thing is, I can't. You, you normally rely on Mills to keep a clean sheet. And over the years, it's been quite weird when another team scored against us. Um, but now, when it's so weird because you think a Tony Pulis side, will, well, we do have the best defence in the league, but it's just like, I can't help. They haven't kept many clean sheets, yeah. but like having a good defence. Yeah, actually. that's what it's like. And I think we will win. I think I'll go with you, Dan. I think we will win 2 1. Touch wood. I'm not the only one this I, week. I know, yeah. I'm going I'm to follow you this week. Um, but I think that wraps everything up. Um, no points you want to, want to make perfect okay well um, 
Tony Pulis was better than sliced bread on Saturday, uh, but now he's the most hated man on Teesside. Um, it's a funny old game. This is the Bora Breakdown uh, podcast. Uh, like, share, subscribe. Um, give us five-star rating on iTunes. And thank you very much for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.